folks, and welcome to another episode of On My Mind. I'm Shelley Griffith, and I've been really thinking it uh, a long time about a subject that is now has surfaced and is now surfacing even more, and that is book banning. Before we start on our details for today, let me define what that means. It is the suppression of words images, or ideas that are considered offensive, O-F-F-E-N-S-I-V-E, offensive. This happens when some people succeed in imposing their personal, political, or moral values on others. 2022 was a record year in America for banned books, some 2,500 and counting. Over 138 school districts in 32 states had books banned from their school libraries or even public libraries. In 2019, only 506 books were banned. An amazing change. Texas leads the country with 801 banned books over 22 school districts. Florida is second with 566. Pennsylvania, 451, and our own home state of Tennessee is firmly in fourth place with 349 banned books. A group known as PEN America, P-E-N America, keeps track of these statistics, and the American Library Association does as well, but we're going to rely on PEN America stats for this episode. These consist of poets, essayists, and novelists, hence the name, and now they've added playwrights and educators to help them out. They're, uh, they've been around since 1922, and there are about a hundred of these chapters worldwide dedicated to free speech. Members over the years have included Robert Frost, Eugene O'Neill, John Steinbeck, Arthur Miller, and Langston Hughes, among many, many other famous writers. Let's take a look, if we can, at some of the top 10 banned books of all time over many, many years and decades. I'm sure that you've read some of these, and some of you may have read them all. Uh, I certainly have read a number of them, and I'm quite surprised, but this is what banning is all about. First of all, The Color Purple, To Kill a Mockingbird, Fahrenheit 451, of Mice and Men, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, The Great Gatsby, 1984, Brave New World, and Slaughterhouse-Five. The main reasons that conservative groups want to ban books or remove them include, but aren't limited to, graphic violence, disrespect for parents and family, sexually explicit content, promotion of evil deeds, lack of literary merit, unsuitability for any age group, drug addiction, racism, religion, gender identity issues, and offensive language. In other words, life as it is all around us. Our own local county school board in early 22 banned Mouse, M-A-U-S, a graphic novel by Art Spiegelman about Nazis, suicide, and issues surrounding World War II prison camps. 
This brought out the protesters who objected to all of these things that we just mentioned. A unanimous vote in a call meeting brought a huge response from the community on both sides of the issues and resulted in the formation of McMinn County Neighbors, a group who was speaking up for free speech. An interview with Mr. Spiegelman was chaired by Claire Brown, a local St. Paul's Episcopal priest, and was just an outstanding presentation that showed how shocked he was at what had happened. And an international news cycle occurred with writers and reporters from New York Times and overseas outlets. Let's examine some titles from 2022 on the banned book list for these typical reasons. I'm not familiar with these uh, except for a couple of them, but it's very interesting. And these are in the top 50, but not necessarily in order. Stamped, S-T-A-M-P-E-D, which is a book on racism, anti-racism. Two Boys Kissing. We Are the Ants, A-N-T-S. Almost Perfect. Speak. The 57 Bus. Sold. Mondays Not Coming. It's Perfectly Normal, a book about changing bodies, growing up, sex and sexual health. Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, a disturbing film about 9-11. Tricks, The Handmaid's Tale, a popular TV show. Beloved by award-winning author Toni Morrison. The Kite Runner, another popular film. Crank, The Bluest Eye, and the number one banned book in 2022, Gender Queer, a memoir. Now, if we look back in history, maybe the first banned book, according to many writings, was called New English Canaan, C-A-N-A-A-N, around 1637. This was due to uh, Puritan censors who thought the book was definitely too much about heresy. As you're aware, the Bible has been repeatedly brought up for banning, and I'm not sure it's happened. Maybe it has in some communities, but it certainly could escalate in this political climate. Some of the leading groups in the United States who fight the banned books constantly are Moms for Liberty, formed in 2021 in Florida by two former school board members. They apparently campaigned against COVID-19 restrictions and against masks and against vaccines. And their objections to most of the books include what we just discussed, gender issue, gay rights, critical race theory, and many other reasons that sometimes don't make any sense. They have been linked to Tea Party and moral majority ideology in their behavior. Their biggest ads say they are for parental rights and that children should be educated in the principles of freedom to quote John Adams. They claim to have 195 chapters in 37 states and over 100,000 members throughout the country. A second group 
known as Heroes of Liberty, is also rather new. Founded by a 35-year-old woman who has a Book of the Month club titled Heroes of Liberty. Heroes in her mind include, not limited to, Ronald Reagan, John Wayne, Douglas MacArthur, Mark Twain, and Amy Coney Barrett, our most recent Supreme Court Justice. They're also suing scholastic books who have been around for a century based on the belief that it's too liberal and does not provide a positive influence on our children. Their ad states, the invasion of the sanctity of our children's bedtime has largely gone under the radar. Scholastic promotes gender fluidity, LGBTQ, critical race theory, and anti-Americanism while abandoning the most basic of American values of freedom, family, self-reliance, and love of our country. A Middle Tennessee pastor in 2022 convinced his congregation to start a huge bonfire burning Harry Potter novels, as well as any others they saw fit to. They said the books used demons, foul language, sexuality, and gender issues. Another group that has been active in banning books, No Left Turn in Education, founded by Dr. Elena, E-L-A-N-A, Fishbine. Her agenda was to push back against a leftist agenda. They state, we're vocal, we're loud, we must be heard. And while they're much smaller than the Moms for Liberty group, they apparently are gaining traction in different parts of America. Another group, though certainly not the last to be thought about, is called Mass, M-A-S-S, Resistance, whose executive director, Brian Kamenker, C-A-M-E-N-K-E-R, founded it in 1995. They also promote anti gay rights issues. They want to abolish racism and CRT theory. It's amazing how these groups get started, how they develop so many members, and continue to preach essentially against free speech. To summarize, you and I can argue free speech and all of these issues until the cows come home, as the old saying goes. These debates aren't new, and they will not, to the best of my knowledge, cease in our lifetimes. Pleading with school boards, certain anti-free speech people, librarians who believe in banning books, ministers, and radical fringe groups to do the right thing will usually cause them to dig in more firmly against our ideas. And folks, maybe I am a tad naive or overly optimistic that perhaps in another time and another place, a new generation will overcome these banners, as I call them, B-A-N-N-E-R-S. These issues should not be a political firebomb. It should not be us versus them. Reason should win out over the unreasonable. Sanity should replace the inane behavior of the fringe group's agendas. And especially if these people 
the so-called deciders, haven't even read the books they're trying to ban, as happened in my home county with the McMahon County School Board. I'd like to share with you the one of my favorite songs, and I may have said this in another podcast, is by Simon Garfunkel. It's called The Boxer, B-O-X-E-R. A classic line I've repeated hundreds of times to folks who will listen when we face these kinds of situations is, a man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. Folks, we must see that these naysayers quit disregarding the rest of us and realize it is totally okay to hear what we are saying. Now, I appreciate you listening as always, and until next time, i leave you with this. Censorship reflects the society's level of confidence in itself. Think about that. Censorship reflects the society's level of confidence in itself. This from Potter Stewart, an American lawyer and judge who was on the U.S. Supreme Court from 1955 to 1981. And famous playwright George Bernard Shaw states, the first condition of progress is the removal of censorship. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you have any comments, please don't hesitate to send them to me, shellgriff at gmail.com. That's S-H-E-L-G-R-I-F at gmail.com. Look forward to hearing from you. And as I always say, please have a safe and healthy day, and I'll see you a little further up the road.